Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good afternoon, everyone. Over the next few days, really, we're going to be going through all of the, the teams and and kind of discussing our notes and, and getting ready for next year and, and basically how this season played out. What were the the great you know ways of, of building an incredible side and, and getting lots and lots of points and and so in today's video we're going to go through those last two games but really how Todd Beaver's headgear won NRL fantasy in 2023 so it was a very very crazy season we had Nigel obviously leading uh, for for a lot of this season especially from the middle section onwards and Todd had been sort of somewhere in the top 10 or so top 15 for a good portion of this season as well so it uh, definitely wasn't all out of nowhere. And he's had an incredible season, obviously, and timed to perfection. And we're going to focus this video around Todd and how he won NRL Fantasy in 2023. So firstly, let's get into the last two games because they did play a big factor in him winning this one with an incredibly big score. Because that's what we see here. He actually won by 100 points in the end. So it wasn't even, it didn't end up being close. 887 for Todd and 713 for Nide. So the majority of us that had sort of anywhere between 10 and 12 players got somewhere between that 700 and 800 points. And, and Todd absolutely smashed out of the park. And again, we're going to show you how that happened in a minute. So, Kieran Foran, good way to finish this one with 76 points here and a 72 for Adokar. So two guys that really averaged poorly throughout this season. And guys, I will be going through my previews and reviews for the final series. If you are interested in, in following, still following along with uh, listening to me, following along with my content, that's what I'll be doing over the next four weeks uh, Yeah, in, in this one here. So Tino was a big one again, 68 in his 69 minutes. So really, he proved to be you know, pivotal in, in a few people just making lots of ranks and getting lots of good points over, over his last month, especially uh, since he returned there. Um, yeah, given he was gonna, he was out for a few weeks there in that one, following Origin. So, 
Yeah, he's, it's an interesting one too. Two years in a row now, he'll he'll come into strategy for next year, and he's just done it again. Very very similar minutes, big minutes at that, and just things become easier for him. He seems to get to the back end of the season, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to try and do a lot of this myself when their season's done. But when they're really trying to get into the fundamentals and get and get things going right through the beginning of the season, he doesn't seem to throw as many offloads and, and, and have as many tackle breaks and the like. See, you know, tackles and meters gain seems to be somewhere similar, but uh, the rest of the plays doesn't really come into it along with those tries and tries to try assist there. So, yeah, strange one for Tino, but another big season for him. And he ended up making 44k in the season. So if you did start with him, it wasn't pretty, but it got better along the season. Maxi King kind of saved my rank a little bit in this one. So finally got the big minutes that I was hoping for. And we know the effort that he throws in there. So a couple of offloads in this one, a turnover tackle and 52 in base. So great work for him. 64 in this one. Really, really important. Along with Fafita, the 54, it's been a pretty average end of the season, to be fair. Like he absolutely smashed it from, yeah, really from round three or four to, to origin. He was incredible, and he completely deserved his origin spot. And he's such a great player, and, and shows here he has a try assist. He has seven tackle breaks. He had his offloads, and he does that so easily. It was the uh, the tackle numbers that kind of uh, that hurt us a fair bit. You know, the, the missed tackles, the tackles over sort of the last month or so since Origin that uh, that base stat hasn't been there as much as it was. So that's been the frustrating thing with him. Blake Wilson has a re- had, had a really, really good finish to the year. Got a, up 206k. So if you grabbed him early, you got plenty of games out of him, which worked out awesome. Brimson, the 49 uh, as well. So, yeah, again, one of those guys, a 40 season for him. A bit down on his previous, but um, 49, a little bit more of what you would expect. Cleese Haas, a good run for 46 in his one. Burton, overall, a pretty average season, to be fair. At 42, would have expected a lot more from the Dogs. And he's going to be one of those guys that comes into next season that bit cheaper again. So 46.7 average. We'll, we'll pop him down in the 650-ish range. And, yeah, he, he started this this year this year a little a tad over 700. So that's 7, 715 mark. And he's going to be cheaper than that coming into next year. So he's definitely one that to look at at the beginning of the season. We do need to look at their trials, though, to see how they are going to play out for sure for him on that one. And Alamotti, if, like, if, he's, if he manages to get the start, you know, he's going to be you know, somewhere around the sort of 350 to 400 range with his with his price points, uh, with his average for the year. Something to look at there in that one as well. Sexton kind of fell off a cliff the last month. Reed Mahoney, 13 in 80 minutes. He's going to be really cheap coming into next year. He won't be this cheap at 461. And he's one of those guys that he seems to just hit and stick and, and not miss as many tackles at the beginning of the year. And I think his body kind of just falls away across the season. So tough one, one for him at that. It all came down to the, well, it came down to the, the final game here, um, really. Uh, well, actually, I think he ended up getting an extra trade using one of his extra, I don't think he could use all these trades yet coming into that last game, uh, I believe. So the, the the great man had Timokov and he must have had someone else, unless it was the second last game. Yeah, it must have been the second last game he ended up bringing in Tino, I'm not sure. Must have been, yeah. Someone will tell me anyway in the comments. But uh, it looked like it was going to be coming down to Timicon and getting 18 plus, And turns out he brought in another player. It must have been Tino. One of the two anyway. Uh, but yeah, it worked out. It was coming into that um, is what we thought it was. And uh, yeah, he ended up playing a really good game. Timicon really showed his consistency across the season. 50 in this one, a 44 average across it. He ended up making... Okay, cash at eighty six k, but at certain points it was a lot higher than that, and he'd uh, and he'd done a really good job 
in that one. So, yeah, congrats to Timikov for a great season. Nico Hines, a 95 for him. It'll push himself pretty well up to the, the million range coming into next year again. And, uh, yeah, four tries in this one, the two turnover tackles, the try saver, just getting involved in everything. I wish the Sharkies all the best of luck coming into next week, that's for sure. Uh, Jack Williams really improved this year. And the, the big question from him is, like, where is his minutes going to come? I don't think it comes next year either. Similar to that with McInnes with Fanukam back, like, it'll just stick the same, I think. So 57 for McInnes was good. 57, same for Ramian. He uh, bounced back after his poor showing last week. Crazy how different, you know, two weeks can be for some of these centres. That's for sure. Yeah, Malatala, 46, a very low year for him as well. He had a bunch of good weeks at the start of the season and kind of fell away. Britton Nicara, 41. 52.5 average is about what, similar to what we expect at the start of the year. It does always seem to be around that 50-odd mark, uh, the low 50s to 50, and, and it's just never truly enough. And he has times where he goes on runs and the Sharkies were playing well, and and then when the Sharkies weren't playing well, he falls away. So last year, you can tell why he was averaging so high for a lot of it. Um, and these last bunch of weeks has really hurt him without the tries. Tracy there, 38 in his 70 minutes. So fortunately, he had to come off at the end. But he yeah, he did really well uh, in his spot coming on at fullback. And the big thing with that was he's actually played the last few rounds that uh, we needed him to. Graham, the 29 as well. Unfortunate for this one. It was a low one. Last week was, was really good, but um, yeah, not so much in this one. And Seb Chris, the 8 in 59 minutes, running on still owns him. A uh, bit of a tough one getting a sent off in this one. So that's that. Okay, let's get to let's get to Toddy. Did you end up seeing what my rank was? 101. How tough. We'll go through my team in a full review, but it's top 101, right? It's not top 100. Or are you going to class me as I'm a, I'm a top 200 player, not a top 100 player? You guys can decide on that one there. So this is Beaver's team where it ended up and he did end up using two trades in the last round to get him over the line. So it ended up with Robson, Murray, Tino, Napucha, Isaiah Papali'i, Fafida, Cleary, Cherry Evans, Lemuelu, Timiko, Drinkwater, Manu, Tedesco. So it looks pretty solid on up top. And then other guns, you'd say Hines, Johnson, Ponga, and Grant as a really strong 17 there. Bateman, 18th man, Horsburgh, 19th man. Then he had Graham and he had Ben Trevojevic. So what are you noticing from this team? The first thing I see is that the centers are not incredibly high price. Looks like he would have had Lemuelu for a long time. Looks like he's had Matt Timikov for a long time. We will check the footy statistics, but that's just something I noted there, that the centers didn't spend a hell of a lot of cash in there. He has plenty of really good forwards. And again, we'll see when he brought in these couple of players there. And he has a yeah, really solid allotment of halves in Johnson, Hines, Cleary, DCE. Really, really strong wing fullbacks. You know, enough there of cover in, in each of them. He had Ben Trebojevic in the last few rounds, which worked out well. And yeah, it just seems really solid across the park. Harrison Graham for his hooker cover um, as a third hooker cover, having Robson as well. So he never ended up losing Reese Robson. Um, and has those kind of upside plays in Tino, now Butcher. Murray, obviously, this week, uh, which worked out well. But we'll show, we'll show those final trades as well um, and how that ended up getting there. Yeah, you can look at this and you go, he didn't, he didn't even get extremely lucky that last few weeks because he went Jacob Preston to, to Bateman in, in round 25 there. And what that meant was, you know, you get a score out of him and then he ended up getting rested anyway. So it didn't really help on that one. Butcher was solid from that DeBellin trade. But you can see here, 
the lack of trades used in round 22, round 24, and round 26 as well gave him a chance to, to really launch in that last week. The other thing I really noticed in this I thought was wild is that he never used four trades in one hit. There was a bunch of threes there. You look at here, he went two, two, didn't trade at all in round four. Two again, one in round six. So he saved three trades by the end of round six there. He then went three available in that round seven. And you look at the players that he ended up with, and it was, you know, hands being brought in a few weeks earlier in round five, ended up being a mistake at that time. He then went hands to Toby Couchman, which also ended up being a mistake. So that's the next thing I'm noticing here is that he didn't make every decision perfect. And we've seen that with my team. We've seen that with a lot of yours, that you didn't actually have to be perfect each and every trade to get things really flowing. What you didn't what you didn't do and couldn't do was completely waste multiple trades. So you, you can see here that Brendan Hands to Kobe Toby Couchman trade was fairly was a fairly wasted trade in that one. What he did well in round two, he traded out James Tedesco, he traded out Tommy Talao. So Tedesco didn't start incredibly well. Jack Bird was absolutely flying, and that was an incredible bring-in. Chance didn't set the world alight in that first stint. So you could say that that wasn't a big win. He could have spent that money elsewhere. But, uh, alas, uh, there were some better trades to come. I.e., trading out Chance, you know, it seemed like to, to me here that he was very quickly able to improve on his mistakes and fix those mistakes. So Chan's going straight to SJ in round three, very important. Brandon Smith early, getting him to Jacob Preston, great, great trade. Trindle did his job. So started, you can see here early that he's, he's traded out to Cartwright in eight, which means he started with him. He started with Trindle. Two really important guys to not waste a trade on in those first couple of weeks. He did also start with Tommy Talao, but he was able to fix that mistake quickly and get someone who was flying at that time. And that was Jack Bird. We need to actually find out if later on he actually had Hammer, which I don't believe he did. So he didn't start with Hammer, who was actually killing it as well. Um, he did start with Dury. So he started with Dury. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Very Cartwright, Trindle, Tommy Talao were like his cheapies in that one. Um, yeah, which, which basically meant he got all of them right except for Tommy Talao, which, fair, but he fixed that early. Well, eventually in a couple of trades. Uh, you then go down here, um, Trindle, Dury's, Hosking, and Hands. So he brought in Hands there, it was a bit of a mistake. Harley Smith-Shields he started with as well, so that didn't work out. So, so it shows, guys, that these are a few of the players that you all started with, and and Todd was able to, to navigate this well. He brought Isaiah, Isaiah Katoa at a good time as well. Um, and just what we need to look at now is just the overall rankings three. So he actually started really, really well. 
And this is what we usually expect from a winner. But we know with with Nigel's team there, he started at 18 to 30,000 over that first few weeks. He kind of got to about 5,000 by sort of around five or six. And he was in a worse spot than, than I was. And then happened to very quickly by around eight move into the top top spot. As I said, we won't focus on Nigel's team too much, but it just shows the, the disparity and the difference between a few of these guys. And this is the ideal. This is where you want to be in that first couple of rounds. If you can be a couple of thousand, uh, you know, very close to to target, then that's awesome. By round three, he was down to 207 and then 28 down into fifth. And then basically hung somewhere near the top 10 is kind of what I saw there throughout the entirety of the year. A lot of time spent at ninth. And then he was down at fourth, fourth, third, uh, and third, and the like, all the way through to first by the end of the season. So very much uh, yeah, an incredible season at that throughout that point. And we'll notice, obviously, with the trades as well, where a lot of these improvements were made to get him in the right spot. But you know, thankfully, he had a good starting 17. And a lot of the, the fringe stuff wasn't perfect. And if he got the fringe stuff right... From the start, he would have been very much in that top 1,000 and very quickly into that sort of top 50 um, and, and sort of top 10. Like, he got there even quicker. He could have been very much closer to where Nigel was if he got a few of those things right at the start. But again, we can't get everything right from that position. All right, we get on to Will Warwick, Hopgood, and hands out for Tedesco, Ford, and Couchman. As we said, the Couchman one wasn't incredible. Getting Ford in round seven became very, very interesting because he traded him out in round 11 there. So even that one doesn't feel like it was an incredible one. Ford kind of helped out through this sort of, what, round 16 to 22 period until the last few weeks he's been on the bench. So even that in itself, he had he had Ford for a bunch of weeks, which, you know, wasn't incredible. Getting really early Katoa at a decent time, I believe might have been in that round that he got the head knock. So he traded Katoa and Carwright to Manu and Phoenix Crossland, who ended up working out to be a solid pickup, which we'll see here for him, end up trading him in round 17. So did a job for that 10 rounds there. In round nine, moved on Payne Haas and Alamotti for Nico Hines and Jareen Buller. So very, very good trades in that position there. That's the crazy thing, guys, is that you look at this and you, like not all of these are, are slam dunk trades. Very you know, limited amount of them. Bird, Johnson, Preston, Hosking, and Isaiah Katoa were probably the, the five there in that first section that were really good. And that shows the importance of, of having a very good starting team there. He obviously didn't start with a drink water and these guys that we'll, we'll discuss in, in my review. Um, and yeah, you can, you can make, if you start with a good team, you can make mistakes around the fringes, as I said, um, as long as everything else is kind of going right. And the majority of your squad is doing well. All right. He started with Murray. He's the first trade out, Murray and Miller and Tyrell Sloan. He started with as well. So Sloan actually had a pretty good start as well. Those three go to Payne Haas in round 10. So he traded him out in round nine, traded him back in round 10. Very, very strange, isn't it? So, yeah, again, it's worked out. But it shows that you can do these type of moves. So Payne Haas was out in nine, back in 10. And then he, he came on and, and, and did a job for him. Bringing Corey Horsburgh in round 10 was an early pick. Connolly Lamuelu in round 10 it was a little bit later, but it worked out well. Yeah, a little bit later than some of us did. Sort of after five or six rounds, I think we'll trade him in, which we'll look at in mind. Uh, yeah, Pat Carrigan, he started with. So that was one of those big ones that if you started with Pat, he did a really, really good job up until around this point, sort of around 9, 10, 11. And he decided to move him on there with Jackson Ford and brought in Jack DeBellin and Scott Drinkwater. So bringing in Drinky fairly early, that worked out really nicely along with Jack DeBellin. 12, Hosking, Camprera, Toby Couchman. So 
again, another guy he started with, uh, Khan Pereira. So it looks like he would have looped him correctly. Those games where he got the 40 or 50, he was able to play him. The games he went low, it didn't matter so much for him. Couchman went in there. Hopgood brought back. Ben Trevojevic, that didn't work out at all. And then Harrison Edwards, someone where it worked out at certain times, you know, fairly early. He had some good he had some good games, um, a few of them later on. So this was a very early pickup. So again, it shows that you can't you don't have to get all of them right to go really well. Painhouse comes out again, so another trade of Painhouse. Um and Ben Trevojevic comes out, obviously after getting injured in his one there. Um in that week in round twelve, and then Toho Harris and Callum Pong come in round thirteen. Toho Harris kinda of worked out for the most part. Jack Bird out for Isaiah Papali. Sweet. Worked out pretty well. Also, Nathan Cleary then comes out. So he started with Cleary. He started with Trent Liero, it looks like, here as well. Cleary went to Moses. And that worked until it didn't, didn't it? So, you know, again, another one where he's scoring well until he, you know, he made origin. And then things just went really downhill for Moses from there. Thankfully for him, Todd, that he actually traded Moses in round 18 to Dev Fafita, and uh, who, who was able to get a good score in round, teen, round 18, if you remember. It was round 14 that, that Fafita got the bench... Um, that he was benched and he um and he had the low minutes and didn't score very well. Uh, so yeah, clear to Moses, got the got the good weeks out of him and then moved him at the right time. Something I didn't do personally. He obviously started with Reese Robson as well as I haven't seen him bring in Reese Robson yet. Yeah, again, so that worked out well. It was started with Reese Robson and Harry Grant. So right now we're looking at Robson, Grant, Painhas, Carrigan, and Murray. That worked out really well. He went very light down below. It was Tyrell Sloan in that fullback slot as one of his cheapies. Tommy Talao was another one. Um, that worked out. Yeah, didn't work out, but there you go. Um, yeah, it's just off the top of my head so far. We had Liero and Isaiah Katoa to Jake Simkin and Samuela Fainu. So again, Fainu didn't work either. He then traded him out the next week with Harrison Edwards. Oh, Harrison Edwards was the dogs. That's what I was talking about. The... Harrison Graham is the Dolphin. I was thinking about Harrison Graham. Anyway, Edwards had a, a couple of good weeks there. We ended up moving him on as well. And Phoenix Crossland for Haas, Adam Fennell, Blake, Sanders Smith. So that was a really good week for those trades as well. And then Mitch Moses for Fafita. So he made some really, really good moves in this time period. He then went Horsburn, Sanders Smith, and Timoko, and Simonson. Simonson was kind of having a really, really good run before that. And it kind of did slow down pretty close to this time, or a couple of, week, a couple of weeks after, if I'm not mistaken. Tanner Boyd he started with as well and held him all the way to round 20, so that worked out well. Dream Bull, Dream Buller, sorry, and Simkin were traded out there. So you can see, again, Santa Smith only in the team for a few weeks to Harry Grant, DCE, Harrison Graham. Very, very good selections there in round 20, getting those three guys into his side. Tall Harris, Anafinor Blake then was traded, surprisingly enough. And then Bailey Simonson for Horsburgh, Nathan Cleary, and Ben Chavoyevitz. DeBellin to Butcher, Preston to Bateman. Tino was brought in in this week, it looks like. And who was the last person we haven't seen from this one? Fafita? Did we see Fafita in? Mustn't have seen Fifi. Where are we? We did see him get Fafita, didn't we? Yeah, back here. Who's the other? Someone will tell me. But it's silly. Lem? No, no, he already had Lem. Um... Good question. This is great TV. Maybe it was just the one trade. I'm lost. Anyway, that's that. That's that. So you look at that, and it's actually 
it's a bit of a head scratcher, isn't it? As to you know, he didn't. You look. You most of the time you look at these and you go, "Wow, he did absolutely everything right." But hopefully, I get to talk to Todd um, somehow. You know, in the preseason it would be hectic. Uh, but my guess is that the starting side, great. We know that the top up top was the mids were awesome. He had Eli Katoa, he had Trent Liero. He didn't have the Egan Butchers. He didn't have these types of guys there. So he had really, really good points up top. He had Cleary in there to be his captain, which for the most part was good. He didn't get stuck in the spending up in the centers and the wing fullback. For the most part there, kept pretty light. Uh, I imagine he looped incredibly well and managed to get everything out of his 17. Because he did make, like, there's definitely mistakes in that, in those trades. He's just like one of us. So... I just I just want to really want to use this example here as a as a way to show that we can all we can all get to that we can all definitely get to um, yeah a really good side and he he started fairly well in the two thousands but that's what it's about next year let's just get things right in our seventeen and all this becomes easier how to save those few trades and you're able to get a really really good rank so yeah big congratulations to Toddy in that one it was an incredible incredible journey. Always thought you were sitting there, hanging, hanging around. Plenty of uh, plenty of trades available, um, and it worked out really, really well for you. So good stuff. Uh, congrats to Nigel for winning my NRL Fantasy Analysis Community uh, League. He gets um, yeah straight into the private group next year, which is really, really cool. Uh, says Matt won the private group, but unfortunately he didn't. He did end up, end up winning the private group prize, um, but Mitch De, Mitch Deguera there. Had a cracking finish the last two weeks. They got him into 63rd overall. Sam beat me in the end, 78. I was at 101. Maddie 111. I ended up beating Scoop. So that's a small win for, for the punters in that one there. Um, so that's a private group. Plenty of good scores. Actually, a 900 in there, which is cool. Eddie beat me by 20 in the end. I thought I was going to get beat by a lot more. So I worked out all right. He also won the hand to head. Jordy Cosgrove, which is AFG Cossey, I think came 30 something, 32nd maybe. Amazing work from him uh, in the podcast. End up sneaking ahead of Chris Rogue Waldo by nine points, which is good for me. He had a bit of a tough one, 558, uh, running out of trades fairly early. So Eddie won that. Stuart th- second, myself third. Chris fourth. Lockie fifth there. Rob, our head-to-head fantasy amateur, ended up doing well in that one with 846. Came 154th, which was good work. Uh, Nick there. The DJs, TK at 8th, Chris C at ninth, Mark at 10th uh, in that top 10. And that, the top 10 are there all in the top 751. So very, very impressive work. Uh, in that one, I did see uh, the OTL boys did really well also, clearly in the top 100. Uh, you know, a return back to some podcasting for them, but that was the that was the podcasters. And yeah, Cowboys, they came fourth in the end. Um, yeah, overall a really good, really, really good season, guys. I will get into my team. We'll get a good review into that. My decision making, things that went wrong, things that uh, yeah, I could have chosen better. Some decisions where luck was out of out of favor, like the drink order from the start. You know, he he averaged what we thought and hoped that he would. It just took a long time to get there, and that can happen with the wing fullback sometimes. But big thank you again to to for following in those last couple of games. Kind of yeah, it did end up deciding things in the end. Um, and I hope that it helped you win one of your one or two of your head to heads. See you guys. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.